Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Let me read to you a, uh, a statement. Two sentences, all right? In addition to agricultural work, enslaved people learned specialized trades and worked as painters, carpenters, tailors, musicians, and healers in the North and South. Once free... American, uh, American Americans, that's a mistake. I believe that should say once free African Americans used these skills to provide for themselves and others. Racist! Sorry, that's that. That's the, yeah, the, the perpetual wheel of outrage has spun and has landed on this two-sentence passage in a 216-page lesson on history, African-American history, to be specific. But it comes out of Florida. And so, right. So, racist! Obviously. Because, of course, you know, Death Santis... He wrote these all himself, and, you know, he's a racist and all because he's a Republican. And so uh, this is the new fight, apparently, is over these two sentences. Again, I'll read them again. In addition to agricultural work, enslaved people learned specialized trades and worked as painters, carpenters, tailors, musicians, and healers in the North and South. Once free... African-Americans used these skills to provide for themselves and others. There is nothing factually incorrect with, the, with those two sentences. That is true. The, so all of the people who are complaining about teaching, you know, America's real history, this is part of America's real history. There is nothing insulting about it there's nothing that is uh whitewashing slavery remember there are 200 plus pages of all of the other lessons and this is the only passage that's getting this kind of attention this one passage these two sentences this is the focus because the entire rest of the lesson is about the horrors of slavery in america but these two sentences prompted Kamala Harris to get on a plane and fly, I think, down to Florida in order to to get all angry about it and say that this is somehow rewriting history and trying to teach Florida students that, you know, slavery wasn't that bad. And to try to teach students in Florida uh, that, uh, you know, slaves actually benefited from slavery. Like, no. See, I read this, and you know what this says to me? And for the life of me, unless you're like just dishonestly framing this, I really don't under- understand 
how the point escapes you is that despite slavery, despite the atrocities, despite being held in bondage, people found a way. People found a way to succeed, to excel, to learn, to try to better themselves, to try to better their, uh, their children's lives. And when the day finally came when they were freed, they were able to do that. This is, it's a story of overcoming tragedy, obstacles, oppression, literally slavery, right? So I'm left with no other conclusion rather than assuming everybody or uh, everybody that I'm hearing talk about this, that they're all idiots. Um, and I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. So I don't want to assume that they're idiots. So I have to assume that they're doing it for other purposes, political purposes, or maybe out of ignorance, dishonesty, loyalty to a particular candidate. I don't know. And as many people as, obviously, when, you know, I'm looking at people on the left, and I expect them to weaponize this dumbassery because leftists. But what's really troubling is the people on the right who are doing it. And also troubling, by the way, are the people that are like, actually, slaves did benefit by coming to, no, they were enslaved, okay? That's not the argument you think you're making. <laughs> it's not as, it doesn't sound as good as you think it does in your head. I can, I can assure you, it's not a great argument. This isn't, but this passage talks about overcoming adversity. About people yearning to breathe free. And being able to provide for themselves, their families. Because it says right here, to provide for themselves and others. Right? A sense of community. Helping lift all people with the skills and stuff that you developed. While literally in captivity, that is, that's a remarkable story to tell. It's part of the story. It's actually, like to me, it makes you look good, right? The people, the people who were enslaved who then uh, uh, learned the skills outside of that, and then when the day finally came when they were freed, they were able to use this to better their lives and their communities' lives and their families' lives. Like, that is a good story to tell. Why on, why on earth would you... Not want to tell that story. Oh, and by the way, it's a story that's been told for decades. It was, yeah, it, it's been told for decades. It's been part of presentations, traveling exhibits. There was a, um, an old roommate of mine, and he worked at Historic Brattonsville. This is the place that uh, they filmed The Patriot. The movie, The Patriot, Mel Gibson, right? Heath Ledger. And um, and I was, at the time, I was working as a reporter uh, for a tiny station in Rock Hill. And so uh, they had uh, they had a, a news conference. And so I went out to Brattonsville and, uh, you know, Ledger is up on, they put all of the, the actors on the front porch of the manor house, whatever. And so they were up there. They all had mics, and we got to, you know, ask questions. Mel Gibson was there. He's much shorter in person, by the way, just a heads up on that. Um, and it's a great facility. And when my roommate worked there, and he was working there, I think shortly after he he started doing work there, because he was a history major at school, and so he kind of got plugged in there. And he learned all sorts of stuff because, you know, they do, like, the, the live reenactments. And so he learned how to work a, an anvil as a blacksmith. 
how to work the loom or something. You know, he learned different types of these old skills because he had to play the part, right, of a uh, of a person. In, he's white, which that also raised some, <laughs> when, like, because they would have the kids come out and, uh, like, from the school field trips, they would come out and they'd be like, oh, here's a little burlap bag. And you go out to the cotton fields and you could pick some cotton and take it home with you. Like as a, as a little gift, whatever. It also helped to like clear the fields. <laughs> you get the kids out there. And of course, then people you know, started objecting. I'm not going to go out there and, and pick the cotton. You don't have to. It's completely voluntary. If you want some of the free cotton out there, you could go ahead and get it. But this idea that, that people were taught skills, that we should not, we should not teach kids this, this should not be part of the lesson plan that 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 people who were oppressed and enslaved were also taught skills. Why? To support the slave owner, right? And also the other people that were enslaved, they would make stuff for each other. So why is that not supposed to be part of our real history? You guys got to make up your mind on this stuff. I'm getting kind of confused. Do you want the real history or do you not want the real history? So it started as a battle with Vice President Kamala Harris has now blossomed into Ron DeSantis's 2024 campaign, openly attacking Representative Byron Donalds, a rising star in the GOP and Florida's sole black congressional Republican. Donalds took mild issue with Florida's education standards. Now, thing to keep in mind here, Donalds endorsed Trump. So that's the key here. To me, that's the key. Donald's endorsed Trump, and so this is a way that he can kind of stick the knife in just a little to DeSantis. Like, you know, just a little, just the tip of it. Just poke him, you know, a little bit. He says, the new African-American standards in Florida are good, robust, and accurate. That being said, the attempt to feature the personal benefits of slavery is wrong and needs to be adjusted. I guess this was a tweet. He said that uh, that obviously wasn't the goal, and I have faith that the Florida Department of Education will correct this. DeSantis officials quickly struck back on X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. See what I mean? It's just so stupid. Elon, what are you doing? Just... All right, more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, the Heritage Life Skills event was fantastic. Every year, Bill and Jan Sturett organize the event to help people get educated on how to be prepared for anything. The Sturettes own Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials you'll need for any kind of emergency. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies, because being prepared is just smart. The Heritage Life Skills event brings educators and vendors from all over to help people do just that, I was honored to be able to be a small part of it. And whether you're an experienced prepper, have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Washington Examiner's Mabinti Karshi headline, Rift with Byron Donalds distracts from DeSantis' campaign reboot, GOP operatives say. Yeah, I'll get to who the operatives are. But DeSantis officials quickly struck back on Twitter, quote, against Byron Donalds, because Byron Donalds criticized 
the curriculum that was developed by um, black educational and civil rights experts. But apparently they're racist, too, because they included in the curriculum two sentences that, oh, by the way, were also in the AP curriculum that DeSantis gutted. People didn't have any problem with that. People didn't have any problem at all with the AP curriculum. In fact, they were celebrating that curriculum. And then they were attacking DeSantis when he said, this is all garbage, it's all woke, and so he took it out. And they're like, how dare you, hard democracy, right? And and now this two-sentence passage lands in the Florida curriculum, and now... It's proof that DeSantis is a racist, even though he didn't do it. He didn't write it. They brought in experts to do it. And the experts who are black are defending the statements. Once again, the statements are, in addition to agricultural work, enslaved people learned specialized trades and worked as painters, carpenters, tailors, musicians, and healers in the North and South. Once free, American, uh, African-Americans used these skills to provide for themselves and others. And this is supposedly whitewashing history. But it's true. Here's a message I got from Timoteo, who says, At the outbreak of the Civil War, there were approximately 10,000 freedmen living in South Carolina. These freedmen were so freed because they used the skills they learned to earn their freedom. So they didn't wait until abolition to overcome slavery with their skills. Right? Like, it's a, it's a human success story. Right? These are personal triumphs. Should, these, these things should be celebrated. And what the first sentence starts off by saying is it wasn't just agricultural work. So here's one of the things, too, I learned when I went out to Western North Carolina. There is, uh, slavery in Western North Carolina was not a, it wasn't really a thing out there. I mean, there were some, yes, but the, the, the plots of land, because you're in the mountains, not a lot of flat land. So they weren't running these huge plantations. So you you had a lot of subsistence farming going on there. I'm sorry, are we not supposed to teach that too? When you say the real history, what's the real history? Just tell us what you want the real history to be, I guess, right? And then we'll just say that. Let me get Dan on the program here before the break. Hello, Dan. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. How are you? Hey, I'm good. What's going on? Good, good. You know, I was, I was struck by the cold, harsh, light of reality this morning, um, when I realized that people who don't listen to intelligent talk radio, like yours, people who don't read intelligent media like anything other than the New York Times or the Washington Post or uh, CNN, don't have a clue what kind of a sweetheart deal that the Biden defense team and our DOJ almost let slip through, save for it had not been a single judge who said, eh, you guys have, don't have any more prosecution cooking, do you? Right. And what's sad is our my neighbor across the street, when I explained to him what they tried to do, he said, Oh, you're lying. They they, they wouldn't they wouldn't try to do that. That's impossible. And it shows you how the and he too doesn't watch T V unless it's CNN or Drew Carey is hosting it. Um he's a deadhead liberal mm-hmm. and doesn't read any news. He gets his news from social media. Mm-hmm. And it scares me to death that more than half of our country probably has no idea what kind of fraud they try to perpetrate on the court system. Right. And so that's why I think the impeachment proceedings are vital, because it it will help break through with some of that information. Yeah. Dan, I appreciate the call. I got to run to news here. Uh, Have a great weekend, sir. 
By the way, just a programming note, I uh, I will not be here next week. I am taking some uh, some well-deserved, if I do say so myself, uh, some well-deserved time off. Much needed. Uh, but I'll be back the next week, so uh, just might want to bookmark this. No, I, I, I'm not fired. If you don't hear me on Monday, it's not because I got fired, despite my best efforts. Um, no, I don't. But I'm going to talk to Jason Lewis. At 1 o'clock, he's going to be filling in next week. So we'll chat with him at 1 o'clock. Um, Jeff says on Twitter, it's a Pete tweet. Pete, I hope you have a good vacation. Thanks for leaving us in the very competent hands of Jason Lewis. I look forward to hearing him again. Yeah, I, I've been a big fan of Jason's since he worked here, and I met him the first time. Um, I, wonder, I wonder if he will – I wonder if he remembers – and uses the nickname that he gave me when I was just a young cub reporter covering city council and county commission and apartment fires and car crashes. We'll see. One o'clock. All right, so uh, the Florida education standards got a lot of attention from Vice President Kamala Harris focusing on these two sentences that talk about uh, how in addition to agricultural work, enslaved people learned specialized trades and worked as painters, carpenters, tailors, musicians, and healers in the North and South. Once free, African Americans used these skills to provide for themselves and others. And Kamala Harris says this is racism. This is whitewashing our history and all of that. And of course, the left is going to seize on this, dare I say it, pounce upon the uh, the curriculum. It doesn't matter that African-American scholars wrote this. It doesn't matter that it was in the AP curriculum that leftists like Harris and and all of her pals, that they were demanding be instituted in Florida. Just like last year, right? So what is most disappointing, we know why they do it. We know why they're seizing on it is for the donations, right? Exactly. They They got to keep... They Right, because the pitch is, don't vote for Republicans because they hate you. We may not be able to deliver on our promises, but those guys want you dead. That's what, that's what their pitch is. Put you all back in chains, to quote Joe Biden, the great uniter, right? But what's most disappointing is the way that Republicans have seized upon and pounced. I mean, it's a little bit more in their wheelhouse, what with the seizing and the pouncing that they're just always doing. So uh, it is... It is expected, but it's disappointing that you, you're, you're just, look, you're, you are, you're running with Kamala Harris's talking point. Why would you do that? Tim Scott, he says, there's no silver lining in slavery. People have bad days. Sometimes they regret what they say, and we should ask them again to clarify their positions. Nobody said there's a, that slavery has a silver lining. Nobody said that, especially the, uh, the standards here. William Allen, former chairman of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, he said that the line refers to, and he was part of this panel. He was part of the group that drew up the standards. He says, um, where was I? Do, 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 the, uh, oh, the line refers to figures such as Frederick Douglass and Booker T. Washington, who acquired skills under adverse circumstances or who came with skills that enabled them to not only survive adverse circumstances, but also to go on to further accomplishments. Why then are they doing this? Well, it's part of the zeitgeist, he says. 
anything that can be used to prosecute a culture war and to continue to sow division as a wedge or leverage point to work the transformation of American society will be exploited for that end. So that's what we see them doing. It's kind of ideological posturing. It's not praise for slavery. It shows that people found success even through awful experiences. They excelled despite abuse. Why would you want to whitewash that? Why do you want to minimize the achievements of people that were in bondage and still found a way to express beauty and craftsmanship and intellect? Why would you do that to them? It's just gross. We're not saying, I'm not, we, I didn't draw the standards up. Florida's not, the sentences, they're not saying that slavery was good. It's saying people made good out of bad. And that is a human condition, folks. That's something that everybody can do. That's a unifying thing. They created works of unmatched craftsmanship. Music that touched the soul. Works of art. They flourished as best they could. They found something of beauty, even in the worst of times. I'm sorry, should we stop talking about how people, uh, Jewish people in the concentration camps, that they would find these little moments, these, these opportunities to see beauty, to experience beauty? We just, just dismiss all of that stuff, too, because that would be... What, minimizing the Holocaust? Of course not. It's part of the story, too. It's all part of the story. And in this case, these two sentences, this one standard, is part of like a 216-page curriculum. And you find these two sentences, and so you just spin the wheel of outrage, and it lands on this. Obviously, political opportunism. The most disappointing thing is to see people on the right making the argument that Kamala Harris was making. It's a completely dishonest argument to make. So I mentioned Tim Scott. I mentioned uh, Byron Donalds. And look, just last week, I was like, man, I really like this guy, Byron Donalds. I really like it. And now he does this. But he's a Trump guy. I get it. He's for Trump. So so he's trying to kind of play a little bit around the margins here without actually calling DeSantis a racist for having these... Black scholars developed the, I mean, they were part of the panel that developed the standards. Um, then you've got uh, campaign rapid response director, Christina Pushaw. She chimes in saying, did Kamala Harris write this tweet? Harris slammed the Florida Board of Education's unanimous decision to revise the state's black history curriculum last week, calling it an attempt to gaslight us. Donald's hit back against the DeSantis campaign, saying, what's crazy to me is I expressed support for the vast majority of the new African-American history standards and happened to oppose one sentence, well, two really, but one sentence that seemed to dignify the skills gained by slaves as a result of their enslavement. No, I don't know how you read those sentences and come away with that, with that idea. He says, Anyone who can't accurately interpret what I said. Oh, no, so wait. So now Byron Donalds is mad that people are inaccurately interpreting what he said, kind of like you're doing, Congressman, with the two sentences. Any, uh, he says, anyone who can't accurately interpret what I said is disingenuous and is desperately attempting to score political points. Just another reason why I'm proud to have endorsed President Donald J. Trump. 
That's what he said. So I'm going to chalk up his comments more towards political pandering and loyalty to Trump than to an honest interpretation, an accurate interpretation of what the actual sentences state. And I'm going to rely on the guys who wrote it, like the former head, the former chairman of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, William B. Allen, a black man, by the way. Also, there is a history of this, uh, where is it here? Yeah, here it is. There's a history of this kind of lesson. There was a book, it came out in 1995. Um, It was called Back of the Big House, The Cultural Landscape of the Plantation. That was the name of this book, okay? And it was written by um, a a George Washington University American Studies professor named John Michael Vlack, or Vlosh. The Library of Congress hosted an exhibition on slave life that was curated by him. It was based on this book, okay? And what the book did was it took testimonies of former slaves that were recorded during the 1930s. These were, uh, these were people from South Carolina, Tennessee, Louisiana, Arkansas. And so this, um, this presentation, this, uh, this exhibition, arrives in Washington, D.C. and gets shut down almost immediately by offended employees at the Library of Congress. Why? Because part of it said, quote, slaves had many noteworthy skills and talents, which made plantations economically self-sufficient. The services of slave blacksmiths, carpenters, coopers, shoemakers, tanners, spinners, weavers, and other artisans were all used to keep plantations running smoothly, efficiently, and with little added expense to the owners. These same abilities were also used to improve conditions in the quarters so that slaves developed not only a spirit of self-reliance, but experienced a measure of autonomy. These skills, when added to other talents for cooking, quilting, weaving, medicine, music, song, dance, storytelling, it instilled in slaves the sense that as a group, they were not only competent, but gifted. Slaves used their talents to deflect some of the daily assaults of bondage. That's true. Because that's what they said. That's what the the people who were who were former slaves, that's what they said in their testimonies. And that's what this exhibition got shut down over, the inclusion of their stories. But then the media was like, "Whoa, what's this controversy about?" They came in and they started doing stories on it. It gained all this attention and it opened back up. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Got a tweet. It's a Pete tweet from Gary. We have done an injustice in education as simply presenting the South owned slaves and the Civil War was simply over freeing the slaves. 
We haven't taught history. We taught a narrative. It's insulting. It leads to this simplistic view of U.S. history. Um, you know what I'm reminded of is the uh, in the documentary, The Simpsons, when Apu is taking his citizenship test, and they ask him what was the cause of the Civil War, and he starts going into, he says, well, there are actually a lot of uh, macroeconomic, and he starts going into all of this detail about all of the issues around it, and, and the 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 administer of the administrator of the test, he's like, whoa, 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 just say slavery. <laughs> and that's, right, that is an overly simplistic, look, you're, I'm not one, when people are like, oh, it really wasn't a fault over slavery, well, yeah, yeah it was. Okay, every, yes, all the economic issues, slavery was the linchpin of it, and I base that on the, the speeches delivered by the people who were seceding at the time, and I'm sorry if people don't like that, but the Cornerstone speech lays it all out pretty clearly, it's about slavery. So, and yes, states' rights to own slaves, I'm not interested in arguing with people. You're free to keep a different opinion about it. I have mine on it. Um, that being said, there are a whole lot of other factors at play, and you can talk about them. And, and like this idea that if you just even mention anything other than the narrative that somehow you're, quote, whitewashing history, that's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's part of the larger history. All right, let me go over here and get, uh, this is Pete. Oh, I love this name. Hey, welcome to the program, Pete. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. Good. Love the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me too, buddy. All right. What's going on? Oh, uh, I was going to share a comment about the, the insignia we have, the FBI has. Oh, okay. Right, in the... Under insignia, at the bottom, you got a little ribbon going across there. It's got three words, fidelity, bravery, and integrity. And given what we know now about the FBI, I think we should uh, put something that more accurately reflects FBI. And this is just my suggestion. Maybe you have some others. I'm thinking false witness, betrayal, and infidelity. I was going to go with the F. I was going to go with uh, felony. Felony, Biden, I don't know. Infidelity, yeah, I don't know. Uh, felony, Biden, yeah, I, I got to work on that. Pete, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the call. Have a great weekend. Uh, let's go over here to Ed. Hello, Ed. Welcome to the program. Ed? Yo, Ed. All right, I'll put him back on hold. That's unfortunate. His moment came. He's sitting on hold very patiently. Anyway, contrary to what Vice President Kamala Harris and company, contrary to what they believe, apparently, or they're saying, it's not information to be deplored, right? This is not information to be avoided, to be shunned. This is according to, hang on a second, this is uh, Tom Jackson writing at hotair.com. He says, this information about People who were enslaved that developed skills and created great works doesn't mean that that's a whitewashing or a, actually slavery was good. That's not the argument. It's a testament to the indomitabil- indomitability of the human spirit. These were people yearning to be free, and they actively prepared themselves for that longed-for day. God bless their memory. So the story in 1995 about this Library of Congress uh, exhibition that was uh, based on the book Back of the Big House, which was testimonials from former slaves that talked about this. Like one of them says, uh, my father was a a carpenter. 
and uh, uh, the old master let him have lumber. And he made uh, his own furniture out of dressed lumber and made a box to put clothes in. And he used to make spinning wheels and parts of looms. He was a very valuable man. So this became news that this thing got shut down. Within a week, an invitation to reopen the exhibition came from the D.C. Public Library. On January 17th, 1996, Back of the Big House opened with much fanfare at the Martin Luther King Jr. Library. (laughs) The show ultimately toured to 18 sites. Portrayals of slaves as people with human spirits and the capacity to make the most of a terrible arrangement found welcome once upon a recent time in the MLK Library. Because maybe, just maybe, that exhibit spotlighted the content of one's character, the content of the character of enslaved people. That used to be something that we celebrated. It used to be something that we liked. It was beauty. We can't have nice things now, I guess. We can't celebrate people excelling in the worst conditions. We can't look to them for any kind of inspiration or lessons. God help us all.